In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Is I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. He washes white as snow. That is the other part of that song. That's the verse of that song. And I cannot talk about being free Unless I explain that I am free because I have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. That is where the power of salvation is. It is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Hello, people. (laughs) How are you? And a happy Monday to you. I miss you. Yes, I do. It feels like it has been weeks since I've been on the air. I guess that's because it's been a busy week for me. Um, I hopped on a plane on Thursday to go to South Dakota. If you recall, I was telling you that we were going to be partnering with Liberty Christian Center in South Dakota and conducting a deliverance workshop. So, I just got back from South Dakota today. So, it seems like the time just flew by and that makes it feel like it's been a long time since I've talked with you. So, I have to let you know that I miss you. I miss you. And I'm glad to have you on the air with us tonight. Um, South Dakota people, if you've never been there, this was my first time. And... um, Thankfully, when I arrived, I'm sorry, it wasn't my first time. It was my first time in this kind of weather, in, this, in the winter season. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I said that. When I arrived, it was in the 50s, though. It was like 53. Well, this morning, it was zero degrees. Surprisingly, it wasn't that bad. 
And there's no way I would have ever thought I would have said those words, <laughs> that it wasn't that bad. <laughs> no one could have told me or convinced me years ago that I'd ever live in a cold, snowy climate like the East Coast, like the where I'm at now, where I live in Clinton. You know, we've had snow, we've had rain, we've had a little bit of ice, we've had flurries. No one could have told me that I would ever live in a cold climate, much less go to South Dakota in zero degree weather <laughs> and then say it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's truly amazing what God can do in you if you let him. <laughs> if you open, you know, if you if you're not closed minded, if you're not resistive, it's truly amazing what he can do in you. Matter of fact, last weekend, I think it was the weekend before I took my trip. Me and my honey went to, I think I told you guys that already. We went to the Pentagon Mall, and I believe that was in Virginia. And that day, it was in the 20s out here. And that that's kind of chilly, you know. But we had on our hats, and our I had on my gloves, and I had on my scarf. And I was actually enjoying hanging out at the mall, you know, walking across the street in the cold with my honey. So, hey, people, God is good. God is good. Because <laughs> I usually can't stand being cold. When I was younger, I had to have the feet covered, you know, to go to sleep at night. I had to have socks on. And, oh, anyway, we went there. The reason that I went to South Dakota, like I said, was for the deliverance workshop. And we did hold the workshop. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I have to say, the love of God is truly amazing. Truly amazing. The things that he did for his people in, in those meetings, in those times together, it's, it was just amazing. And I just want to thank God, I just want to thank the Lord for, for his love for his people because um, he is truly worthy of all the praise. And I am thankful that I am back, thankful that he watched over my husband, even though he's a little under the weather right now, y'all. So y'all keep him in your prayers. He's going to be fine. I know he's going to be fine, but keep him in your prayers, okay? All right. <laughs> so... What were we talking about last week? If you could answer me, I would be asking you all, what were we talking about last week? If you, were, if you were here with me right now and we were having an actual class or something, I would be getting you involved and I would be saying, okay, recap for me. Tell me what were we talking about last week? Well, last week we were still talking about deliverance. Okay, we were talking about salvation. We were talking about the blood of Christ. And now this week, I want to continue talking about deliverance, especially because I just came from a deliverance workshop. But we are going to talk about it from the perspective of forgiveness. Okay? We are going to talk about how important it is to forgive. If you want to be free from your own hurts, pains, heartaches, 
the effects of abuse of any kind, you will have to come to the place of forgiveness. We want to continue to see people free from the bondage that comes from unforgiveness. Believe it or not, unforgiveness is a powerful weapon against the people of God. It's a powerful weapon against anybody, but a child of God cannot advance, cannot grow spiritually, cannot mature if you are harboring bitterness or unforgiveness for any reason. It may be founded. It may be you may have a you may have a literal uh, an, an absolute real genuine reason for despising someone they have may they may have done some truly despicable things to you but i have to tell you that in spite of that you will have to come to the place of being able to forgive those people because you have to understand scripturally scripturally according to the word of god all of us have sinned, no matter how great or small the action may seem to be, no matter how heinous it may seem to be. All of us have sinned, according to the scriptures, and have come short of God's glory. So the Lord says that if we don't forgive, he cannot forgive us. In other words, it makes us have to look at the fact that, yes, what they did to me was horrible. But I'm a sinner too. Before, you know, if you don't know Christ, or even if you have accepted Christ, you, you have to realize that you're no better than the next person. That if it wasn't for the grace of God, that could be you. You didn't have a whole lot to do with your existence you know you didn't decide which family you were going to be born into which state you were going to be born into which set of cultural circumstances you were going to be born into you didn't decide that so you you know you can't say you would never have done this or that and the other i mean some things are just beyond our control as far as how we come into this world and the, the, some of the things that, that face us. So the real deal here is that all of us have sinned. That person who violated you is living in sin, walking in sin, and you'll have to forgive them. I know sometimes that seems hard, but through Christ, all things are possible. He can give you the ability to forgive. So if you have not already come to the place of forgiving your enemies, you must do so. Don't rebel against this powerful truth and this powerful weapon because forgiveness, the act of forgiveness can can then be turned in your favor and can be a powerful counterattack. Okay? Unforgiveness will only prolong your pain, agony, and your bondage. It just keeps you in prison. It doesn't serve any purpose. You rehash, you relive, 
you just stay in the emotional prison and then unforgiveness begins to take its toll in other ways on your body the stress that it places on your body on your health you know it affects you more than spiritually it can be it can affect you physically it's the underlying cause, you know, unforgiveness definitely causes stress. And stress is an underlying cause of many illnesses, many diseases. So after the break, I'm going to read to you a little bit from my story. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist and Joan Duhane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Toginet Radio. Thank God I am Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. I'm going to read to you a little bit from my first book, The Story of Me. As many of you may know, and if I have new listeners, maybe you don't know, that I uh, wrote my own story about um, the horrendous abuse that I suffered as a young girl. Um, I was abused, sexually abused, physically abused, mentally, emotionally abused by my father, and I'm going to read to you uh, just, a, just a little bit from my own story that goes along with our subject tonight. One day when I got home from school, I barely got inside the house when Mama made her exciting announcement. Guess what? Your daddy's here. I was in shock. I was dumbfounded. Where did he come from? How did he get here? Who told him where we lived? I could not hide my lack of pleasure at the thought of him being with us again. All I could think about was the past and the bad things he had done to us. I couldn't understand my mama 
why Mama was so happy, but she was. It was as though her long lost love had finally returned. Go figure. Of course, we wondered if the same types of things were going to start happening again. You ask, did they? Did they? Not exactly. I had made up in my mind that I would not let my father do those kinds of things to me again. No matter what it took, it was not going to happen. My spiritual foundation was stronger. I was older and stronger now. I already resolved my hatred and anger toward my mother. I came to realize that she loved us in her own way, but she had to be ill to continue to live this way, even for herself. The teaching I received at church helped me to come to this conclusion. I struggled with it at first, but accepted the reality that forgiveness was a choice. I could keep my hate and continue to try to figure my mother out or forgive her and move on to the next chapter in my life. I was able to resolve my feelings toward my mother, but my father was another story. By this time, he had become irrelevant to me. He did not exist, at least not in my life. But here he was, plain as day. The drinking soon started again. This time, we mostly ignored him. It was as though he was there, but he had somehow lost his fearsome image. I did not see him as daddy anymore. This somehow decreased my fear of him. I knew what he was capable of. And that also took away some of my fears. I somehow knew that things were different now, even though we were living in poverty. So what I'm saying is that by this point in my life, I'm somewhere probably around the age of 13, between, I would say, yeah, between 13 and 14. And through going to church, through learning about the Word of God, through being taught about forgiveness and what the Scriptures has to say about forgiveness, um, I realized that no matter how I felt, I could choose. This was as a young person. I could make the choice to forgive. And it was, it was easier for me to do with my mom even though I felt like she betrayed me, even though she did betray me, even though she wasn't there for me and she wasn't protective of me, it was easier for me to do for my mom. I had to work a little bit harder at it for my dad, but I was able to do it. I, I, I prayed and I just asked the Lord to help me to forgive him. And I basically said, I forgive him because you tell me that I have to forgive him because your word says that I have to forgive him. So I'm, I speak these words. I forgive him. Now, Lord, I ask you to, to make that real in my heart. You know, sometimes the feelings may take a little bit of time to dissipate. Like, like I described, I had hatred 
I had hatred in my heart for, for my mom and my dad, more so for my dad. So even though the feelings took a little while to, to go away, it started with a choice. It started with me making a mental conscious choice, speaking that out, and then asking the Lord to help my heart, help me to help my emotions to line up with my words. And he did. He did. I forgave my parents years ago. And I read that to share with you that it is possible. it's It's a necessity, actually. It has to be done. If you want to be free from the bondage in your life, some of the bondage that you are dealing with, some of, some of the issues that you are dealing with, you may not even realize they are related to unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. You may not even realize that that's why you're having trouble concentrating. That's why you're having trouble focusing that that's why you're having trouble, you know, with your studies or having trouble with your own temper, um, having trouble with um, feelings of, of um, resentment or, or anger towards other people, people that maybe don't have anything to do with what happened to you. But unforgiveness and bitterness beget unforgiveness and bitterness it basically the cycle just continues and it stunts your emotional growth and it certainly stunts your spiritual growth so um one of the things that we did in our deliverance workshop that i would like to share with you is is i gave the participants this assignment you know i basically asked them and i took the i took the principles from the bible And we read out of Matthew's chapter 5. I believe it was chapter 5. I'm certain it was. I didn't didn't write down the scriptures, though. I'm sorry. So if you want to study it, you're going to have to read the whole chapter. (laughs) And look it up and do your own research. But Matthew's 5, where Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he was telling them that if you go to give your gift if you go to the altar to give your gift and there you realize or remember that your brother has an odd against you to leave your gift there and go first and be reconciled with your brother then come back and offer your gift offer your sacrifice Okay, then if you read a little bit further down, then there's another one that says something very similar. um, But it's basically saying if you if you also remember that you have an odd against your brother. So it it cuts both ways. It's like it's if you've done something to offend or trespass against your brother or if you remember that he has done something to offend and trespass against you it cuts both ways it doesn't absolve either party I mean either way it goes if there's some unresolved conflict in your life that's what it's getting at if there's some unresolved conflict in your life and you have the power the ability to and by that I mean like if the person is still living and you can find them, then you need to go and be reconciled to that person, 
to the degree that is possible. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to be buddy buddies. I'm not saying that you're going to be buddy buddies with someone who raped or molested you. I don't expect that at all. But you do have to forgive them. You do have to, you do need to confront them, and you do need to seek the Lord as far as how, when, where, you know, what to say. If you need support to go with you, you know, you may not want to do that alone. I mean, I don't know how, how extensive your situation is. I've heard stories of women going to the prison where their perpetrator now is because he was caught and he was prosecuted and tried and going to the prison and actually basically saying to him, you know, I forgive you. I forgive you. What you did turned my life upside down, but I realized that I, I have to forgive you. That, you know, I don't know what made you do this or whatever, you know, but, but these, if you want to be free, if you want to be free from the effects of this, this is one of the steps that you're going to need to do. And I have done it in my own life. So in the assignment, what I asked each person to do was to take a moment um, to, to do like a personal inventory, you know, try to think back over situations and incidents that you can recall and you know that you're still harboring, you know, some, some negative feelings about this situation. Take the time to write it down. And then over the course of the next few weeks, hopefully, you know, this is something that you, once you identify these things, you need to do immediately. You don't need to wait. You don't need to linger because the more you wait, the less important it seems to be to you. And the enemy starts telling you that, you know, all these fears and all these insecurities start coming to the surface and you just procrastinate and put it off. But basically the other thing that the Lord showed me too, is that some people, you know, you're so used to burying or not being really connected to your own emotions. So some people have been pretending so long about some of these issues that they don't even know that they are still holding animosity or hatred or whatever towards certain people. This doesn't even have to be with something as, as serious as rape, but they've just been living a life of pretense so long. So in those cases, the Holy Spirit is going to have to bring those things to the surface at the time that he feels is, is, is appropriate and good for you to deal with it. So I'm talking about the conscious things, the conscious things that you're aware of, the ones that you're not aware of, they'll come to the surface in time. And when they do, you know, now, you know, ahead of time that when they do, you are going to have to deal with them. You are going to have to ask, for forgiveness or however the Lord, you know, tells you to word it. <laughs> You're going to need to do it, people. And that's because we want to see you free. We want to see you free. Be back after the break. Mm-hmm. 
Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss. Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church? They call us Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on Toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland 20735, or email us at VIR. Two US one at Verizon. Thank God, I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. If you just joined us, people, we are talking about how to gain deliverance. In other words, how to gain freedom from bondage, spiritual bondage, emotional bondage, from past abuses. Um, We're talking about how to do that through forgiving, through the act of forgiveness, and how powerful forgiveness is, and how powerful unforgiveness is in a negative way. And I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, um, even though it is a necessary step. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because it's just one of those things that it is what it is. It's just a fact. It is what it is. I don't think I need to try to convince you. I'm just telling you that it has to be done and it's your choice. It was my choice to either stay in it, stay in the bondage or get out. (laughs) It's kind of that simple. Either you want to be free or you don't. 
I wanted to be free. So I made the choice. I obeyed the scriptures. You know, that's the thing that, that I find interesting is that as believers, we have to, you know, we can't pick and choose. We can't pick and choose which things, uh, yeah, I like that part, so I'm going to deal with that part. And then I don't like this too much, so I'm not going to deal with that part. I mean, we can do it. We can pick and choose. But we're selling ourselves short. And the Lord won't be pleased. You know, it, he doesn't change his mind and his statutes and his ways because we don't adhere to them. He doesn't say, okay, well, she doesn't like that, so I'm going to change this. Nope. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> He's solid. He's not wishy-washy. So anyway, I wanted to let you know that you can find the, the things that I'm talking about on the show, uh, the forgiveness, the, de- the uh, deliverance, the steps in deliverance. You can find that information in my latest book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. I don't think I've mentioned the book in in a while i'm not sure i think it's been a couple of weeks since i've mentioned this book but um came out uh, about a month and a half or so ago and let me see um what we have on the back here just to give you get your interest uh, up millions of people are sexually abused each and every day not just by rapists child molesters or pedophiles, as we, as we tend to call them, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Question. Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed, delivered from abusing others? Question. Find answers to these questions and many others in these pages. This book is a sequel to my first book, the first book, The Story of Me. I wrote to tell of my own personal struggle and my own personal story and my testimony of how God brought me through the pain of my abuse and how I overcame those things. And then after years of walking that out, after years of walking through the very steps that I'm telling you about, Then the Lord finally inspired me to write this book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse, as the the manual, if you will. Now, of course, we're all um, we're all individuals and I can't tell you exactly how to overcome, but I can tell you how I overcame. And I felt that this was important information that um, can help anybody. It really should be able to help anybody. What stage and what time and when, you know, those are things that you still need to seek the Lord about your specific times and um, uh, what's what am I trying to say? When to do these things for yourself and how to go about doing these things for yourself. Amen. Okay. Well, that is available through Author House. Um, you can go to authorhouse.com. You can you can get it at most any um, online retailer. You know you can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Um, if you go on Google, you should be able to find it. Um, you can order it through your bookstore. The Story of Me. I'm sorry, both books: The Story of Me and Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Diane Jones. 
And this one is by Minister Diane Jones, because yes, I am a minister of the gospel as well. Ha, there's my credentials, people. <laughs> if you need some credentials, those are my credentials. <laughs> so moving right along here, the next step in the deliverance process that I talk about is being purged. You may need to be purged of the spiritual effects of being violated. What do I mean? What does it mean to be purged? What does it mean to purge? Well, according to Webster's, that means to cleanse of impurities, to cleanse of sin, to rid of to empty the bowels. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I think I talked a little bit about this in one of the previous shows uh, as far as giving one example of how vomiting. Um, a lot of times when people have experienced trauma um, or witness trauma, there's, there's almost an instinctive uh, response to vomit afterwards. Well, in the spiritual process, there's times when that will happen too. When maybe a person experienced this trauma, but they never, uh, they never really emotionally reacted to it. So they held in, if you will, that emotional response that would trigger that vomiting. They, they held it in. And so maybe years down the road, when you really start dealing with all this stuff, when all this stuff starts coming to the surface, um, for, for, I think I gave some, yeah, I did give some examples of how that came about in my own life. But what comes to my mind right now, I remember when I was going through my divorce from my first husband, I had, I had moved to a completely new city. I started a full-time nursing program. I started an, a brand new job. All of this was going on at once. I was in the middle of this horrible divorce. And it's like, I was, you know, I was depressed. I was anguishing over a lot of the things that had happened in my life. That's when things really kind of started to come to the surface as far as my past in the midst of all this other hard stuff, okay? And I remember looking at my own daughter who was at that time around 10 years of age and I didn't understand at the time why I was making this connection, but I would look at her and I would it would trigger my emotions. It was like it was causing me to remember how old I was when my dad first approached me. I was about 10 years old when the first time he approached me. And I would look at my daughter and I would, I would, I would feel tearful and I would cry and I would start, I would think, you know, how could anyone do that to a child? It was like I could see me in her. And that's how things started to kind of surface that I was really not only dealing with my present issues, but they were triggering past memories, okay? And then uh, fast forward, I think I shared 
just recently how I was at a retreat uh, and I was actually one of the speakers at the retreat. I was ministering that day and the Lord put on my heart to share some of my own personal story, which I had only done one previous time that I can remember in a public setting. And it was with a very small group of people both times, but this was kind of more public because the first time it was in my home, this was like outside of my home. And the Lord told me to share some of my testimony. And then after I did, I got deathly sick. I got sick to my stomach. It's like it stirred up those feelings, those emotions that had been buried for, I mean, I knew what had happened to me. I never, I didn't try to black that out. I didn't try to suppress it. I knew what had happened to me, but I don't think I had ever emotionally or spiritually dealt with that trauma. So when I talked about it publicly, it stirred all of that up and I got deathly sick to my stomach and I had to go to the bathroom and I literally just, I vomited like I had never vomited before. So that's, that's an example, one example of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about purging. Purging must include talking extensively and thoroughly about your assault to someone i recommend well i recommend christian counsel for this i mean if you're fortunate enough blessed enough to have someone in your family who's a christian uh your pastor who's a christian um maybe someone that you work with possibly that could be enough but um in any case, I think that it's best to, to do that with someone who is a strong Christian, not just someone who's professing to be a Christian, but a strong Christian, someone who walks the walk, lives, the, lives, you know, lives what they talk about, someone who can pray and get a prayer through and get an answer from God, um, because you you don't want people that are like simple minded and full of issues of their own to try to be your sounding board in a, in a situation like this. It's too serious. It's too serious to trust your feelings and emotions and your accounts to someone who's not equipped to handle it. Grieving, mourning and tears. They are also cleansing and therapeutic be back after the break (laughs) has a tragic past shattered your future or your now don't let it this is I'm not the woman I used to be I'm free with Minister Diane Jones and we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. 
You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. Ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Mom with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Thank God I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, we are still talking about deliverance. We are talking about the, um, the, the step called purging. We're talking about how being purged is uh, another necessary step after, after experiencing trauma. And uh, let me just read what I said again. Purging must include talking extensively and thoroughly about your assault to someone. Grieving, mourning, and tears are cleansing. Grieving and mourning are necessary. That was another thing that I finally had to come to realize that I had not done. I had not taken the time to grieve. I wasn't allowed. I didn't, I wasn't allowed that luxury of grieving early on, early, you know, when this, when these things happened in my life, I wasn't given that luxury as a youngster, as a teenager, I had to keep pressing forward. I had to keep doing what I knew to do to survive in life. I was pretty much my own breadwinner. Um, you know, I didn't have a family support system because I ended up in foster care. Um, even in my foster care situation, my granny wasn't, she, she was, she was an invalid herself. She was handicapped herself. So by the time I was 18, you know, she, she still had several other, other siblings to care for. And she was like, Hey, it's time to go. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're grown now, it's time to go. So I had to keep pressing forward in life. So it wasn't until I was in my 30s and going through all this hardship that I realized subconsciously I began to experience the fact that I didn't ever grieve. And I, ne and I needed to grieve. I started grieving all the losses that were going on in my life at that time. The loss of my marriage, the loss of my home, because I, like I said, I moved and relocated to, a, I mean, all the losses I started to grieve. But you know what? It was a necessary thing to grieve over the losses is necessary. And it's, and it's actually natural to mourn the loss of something to mourn the loss of your virginity, to mourn the loss of your innocence, to mourn the loss of your childhood, um, even if you're a full-grown woman and someone rapes you, to mourn the loss of what was taken from you is healthy. Tears are cleansing. To be able to cry and to let those emotions out is very cleansing. Um, the Bible says there is a season for everything in life. It says there's a time to mourn, there's a time to laugh, there's a time to weep, there's a time to cry. You know, there's a time to plant, there's a time to pluck up. There's a time for war, there's a time for peace, there's a time for every season in our life. And not that the Lord wants these things to happen to you, but if they happen, it's appropriate to grieve. It's appropriate to mourn. Purging must also include spiritual cleansing. And the best way that I could just recap that, I guess, is, is just to ask a godly man or woman to pray for your deliverance. Because when they pray, if they're, if they're living for God, if they're living holy, they can help you by asking God to bring those things to the surface. If you've been harboring those things, if they just, if they lay hands on you, or even if they don't lay hands on you and they just say, Lord, you know, touch so-and-so right now, whoever you are, what your name is, touch this person right now, um, deliver them from this pain, help to set them free from this pain. Then uh, oftentimes those emotions will begin to surface in you. And you may experience different kinds of reactions. You may weep. You may cry, you know, uncontrollably so. You may cough. You may uh, vomit. You may, there, there's different kinds of responses that people have. But when someone prays for you, that's helping you get that spiritual cleansing. In some cases, you may have demonic possession because of it and that needs to you need to be delivered from that that you need to be free from that that person can help pray and ask God to deliver you from that so that's what I mean by spiritual cleansing ask a godly man or woman to pray for your deliverance you know you can't just ask anybody you can't just ask people that profess to be Christians but yet they're living worldly carnal lifestyles you know full of issues like i said of their own that can be worse that can cause you more harm than good so the key word here is godly <laughs>
Not that any of us are perfect once we come to Christ, but once you've accepted Christ and you are um, his child, then he cleanses you of your sins and he honors your prayers. He honors you as his child. So because he honors your word, and if you pray according to the word, then he honors his word, then he will answer those prayers concerning you. Don't be afraid to ask them about their walk. I mean, hopefully, if you're asking this person, it's because you know something about them. Hopefully. In some cases, you know, like I, at the time that I started dealing with all of this, I didn't have people even in the church realm, even in the church world. I didn't have pastors that, uh, the pastors that I knew, I didn't have that kind of rapport or trust in. And so I ended up going to a professional, a professional counselor. I ended up going to therapy and my counselor was a Christian. And um, I do remember her praying with me at times. She actually didn't, she didn't actually lay hands on me and pray for me, but I do remember her praying with me at times during our, um, or for me, you know, just telling me that she was praying for me uh, at, at times during our sessions together. So depending on your circumstances, you know, you might have to call on a professional, but seek out a Christian professional. Okay. Someone that clicks with your spirit. <laughs> Very important. Don't be afraid to ask them questions about their, their, their beliefs, their walk. It's just, I mean, Hey, if you'll, if you'll do, if you'll do research, about something like buying a car, you know, or, or job that you're interested in. If you'll do research about um, health products or food that you're going to get at the grocery store, you know, if you'll take the time to look at the label to see how many calories is in this or how many fats or sugars, I mean, take the time to find someone qualified to help you in this area. Ask them if they've been born again. Ask them, you know, do they believe in the, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost? Because the power of the Holy Ghost, you know, the scripture says that he will lead us and guide us into all truth. So if a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, then they, you know, the Lord may even give them personal insight about you as they're praying for you. And kind of lead and guide them in how they should even pray for you. What to say as they pray for you. So, very, very important. Do they believe in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ? Don't be afraid to ask these questions. Um, again, I say you don't need a, a, a carnal person or a weak Christian or someone who's not a Christian praying for you because then... They can, in a sense, transfer their baggage to you. And you don't need that. you got enough problems as it is. That's why you're going to someone for help. Um, we are available. I am available for, for counsel, for prayer. If you ever want to get in touch with me, I think you heard my web, my uh, email on some of the commercials. You can contact me at vir2us1 
at verizon.net you can you can email me and you can you know we can set something up where we can communicate online if you're not totally comfortable talking to me or you know we can set something up where we can I can call you or you can call me and I'm available I'm available to listen I'm available to pray with you okay I love you I know what you're going through I've been there myself and I'm so thankful that I found someone. Um, I'm sad that I couldn't find someone in the Christian arena at that time. And that may be your story because by my experience, there, there just have not been that many uh, people qualified to handle these kinds of situations. I'm seeing it more, though. That's one reason why I'm doing this show, because I'm trying to help get the information out there, and I'm trying to make people aware that there is help out there. I am seeing it more. I am hearing more testimonies. I am seeing more books. I am seeing more Christians come out and talk about these things, and even professionals that are more equipped. So thank God for that. <laughs> Our battle against abuse continues <laughs> we wage war against abuse of any kind but i'm waging war against sexual abuse declaring that people are going to be set free from this horrible horrible violation amen amen looks like uh I'm almost out of time, so I'm going to be a good girl, <laughs> and I'm not going to start another topic, or I'm not going to run out of time on you, so I'm just going to close out by saying, Jesus loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Good <laughs> night.